We recap the first weekend of NBA free agency. Miles Bridges signs a deal, just not the one we thought. And LaMelo Ball agrees to a rookie max extension. We'll discuss it all today on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. What's We're wrong? free. We're available anywhere you get your podcasts. And that includes YouTube, where if you're watching YouTube, you can see Doug Branson in a hotel room uh-huh. just being about as cool as you possibly can be. I mean, I love the headset because it makes it look like you're a little top gunny, especially mm-hmm. with the USA hat. But for those that are listening, Doug is wearing his sunglasses indoors at as we record, 8.23 a.m. Doug, explain yourself. Well, the Hornets are all out of missiles. Uh, they're switching to guns. And I am smothered in U.S. soccer. Came down to Charlotte to watch the men's national team. Saw Jesus back-to-back Hattie. There's your soccer analysis for the day. Uh, but, yeah, you don't want to see these eyeballs. Okay, these eyeballs, these retinas have seen some things, if you will. And, uh, yeah, I'm recovering, and I'm doing my best here. And, I, and you know, the sunglasses are helping. So there you go. Okay, that is Doug Branson. Find his work on his Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. I'm Walker Mail. You can listen to me on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3. By the way, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com promo code locked on i don't know if your eyes are hurting from hornets free agency i know that we <laughs> lost dsj r.i.p to dsj's oh time with the hornets we'll get to him in just a moment we can talk about the good news with Lamelo. that was something good that the hornets did just lock him up Lamelo agreed no worries as soon as he's eligible to sign bang it happened we'll get to that in a moment but we do have to get to miles bridges signed a deal doug not the one that we all thought, though. Woj reported yesterday about, what, 2.30, something like that, maybe 3. Charlotte Hornets restricted free agent Miles Bridges is preparing to sign the $7.9 million qualifying offer for this upcoming season, clearing the way for him to become an, an, uh, excuse me, to become an unrestricted free agent next summer. The Hornets and Bridges are far apart in extension talks. And so this was always the hard part, Doug, trying to figure out what the value of Miles is going to be next year. I know Miles and his agency, Clutch, reached out to the Hornets to see if they would just rescind the offer, making him an unrestricted free agent as soon as this offseason. To which the Hornets replied, no. You mean just give up the in- <laughs> all the leverage? No. That's dumb. Know. We're not going to do that. Right. So they, they decided to keep the qualifying offer. Miles Bridges couldn't find any more value anywhere. If he was able to find a bigger contract, then he would have signed it. And despite, I mean, I'm surprised here. I I, I didn't think that there was going to be one thing 100% happening over another. I was prepared to be surprised, Doug. I, I did not see him signing the qualifying offer. I was prepared to be surprised on like a $15 million contract or a 10 or you know, maybe 25. I mean, I thought the range was going to be all over the place. I didn't expect him to sign the qualifying offer. Uh, No, I didn't expect him to either, mainly because I think I probably overestimated the Charlotte Hornets' willingness to overpay or to bring back Miles Bridges, to feel desperate enough to bring back Miles Bridges because even though they said very little, 
I think they've done a good job of telegraphing uh, from the very beginning, even before the domestic violence charges, they've telegraphed their desire to bring back Miles Bridges. But they obviously, after everything that's happened, they had a limit. And look, you know, if the team mm-hmm. is going to sell their soul to bring back Miles Bridges, I, I would at least like them to get good value on that soul. <laughs> um, and it seems like they had a hard line on where they were willing to go with the contract. And, and it could be because you're committing multiple years. And we don't know if Miles Bridges got no offers on, on the free market, but he may have gotten an offer that was multi-year, but not anywhere near the dollar value, yeah. because I think a lot of teams around the league are going to have questions both off the court and on the court. I've been trying to toot this horn as much as I can, but I think there are significant questions about Miles Bridges because he's missed an entire year of basketball. Uh, I just I don't know that there are a ton of stories out there of guys that do that, uh, especially when it's not around an injury that you're rehabbing and come back to like have stellar careers. So I think Miles Bridges would be an exception to the rule in that case. And so, you know, it's obvious they they wanted that Clutch and and Rich Paul wanted a deal that reflected where Miles Bridges was before all of this happened. They were sticking their head in the sand a little bit. But all, but the domestic violence charges did happen. He did miss an entire year of basketball. And, and, and I think the Hornets did the smart thing by saying, whoa, 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 especially when you consider that he's negotiating with folks in Mitch Kupchak and Michael Jordan that, mm-hmm. that are not even going to most likely be the main decision makers moving forward. They are, they are now playing with OPM, other people's money. And, and I think they, they ultimately did the smart thing here. Well, and maybe we could have seen this once we got the report from Jake Fisher about Miles Bridges and Clutch reaching out to the Hornets to rescind the qualifying offer. That, that was, yeah, I mean, that was the agent. first that was the first moment yeah. you went, uh, uh, OK, this is not going to go uh, smoothly for these two parties. And 100 percent. Well, and especially one. Right. Especially with Miles. Now, you could look at this and I was fig- looking at what my timeline decided uh, was the most adva- advantageous situation for one party or the other, like who had the most leverage. It, it was interesting to figure out what people thought of with the whole leverage thing. The Hornets had it this year, only signing him to the qualifying offer. If you want him long-term, then Miles comes in. Let's say let's say that he does perform well and then signs a contract you know, in unrestricted free agency. Now you don't, you have the inside track still, you have bird rides, you can need to have some, some raises, but you don't have full control over that anymore. He could agree to sign with another team now. So maybe that's something that you don't want if you're the Hornets, but also in the short term, yeah, it's an $8 million a year deal or just for the one season that he's going to be playing under this current contract structure. And miles doesn't get the money right away. And look, at the end of these off seasons during these contract years, if you don't get a long-term bag secured up, then you risk injury. You risk the fact that miles isn't as good as he was in his $30 million a year potential campaign because he's missed an entire season. He's going to miss the first 10 games. It's, it is a small amount, but it's also not nothing yeah. that he's missing 10 games. So all of that factors into a point where, yeah, I mean, this thing could go awry for Miles just as far as the financial situation goes. Well, in terms of this season, it's a big deal, right? Because you're not yeah. only trying to figure out a way to work him into the rotation. You know, do you start him? Where do you, where do you put him within the context of 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 this 
of this team, but now you have to wait 10 games before you can even play them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a big deal. Uh, but also, I think that with, within the context of the Hornets were going to do most everything they could to bring him back, this was probably the best case scenario. Because for me personally, for a lot of reasons that you and I have discussed over and over on this show, I think for me personally, the best case scenario would have been for the Charlotte Hornets to move on completely from Miles Bridges because I can't get past uh, the pictures that I've seen, the video that I've seen. And, you know, I, I don't believe that that's something that the, the Hornets should really associate their program with. Okay. Uh, but this is the best case scenario within that context of they were going to do everything to bring him back because because it is low risk, because even if he does perform well and, and he comes out and, and does all of the things that we expect him to do to, you know, and the team to do to, to rehab his image, if he does all of that and, and completely stays out of trouble for an entire year, he'll most likely be negotiating with a, a different group of people. So I don't think that there will be necessarily hard feelings. And as you said, they will have not not total advantage, not total control like they have over this process, but they will have... Uh, you know, some advantages over other teams when he does get to unrestricted free agency. So I don't think that it's necessarily like, oh, well, he's definitely gone in unrestricted free agency because he also has a great relationship with LaMelo Ball. If those two play well together and they make the playoffs and and who Mm -hmm. knows, you know, playoff series win, there's so many things that can happen in the next 12 months that can move this process one way or the other. I just don't think we can assume things at this point. But what the Charlotte Hornets did – by sticking to their guns and and essentially forcing him into the qualifying offer was they kept all of those options open because once you sign into the long-term deal th- those options all go away and now and you're you're st- if it does go wrong you're stuck with that and the hornets the, the next you know iteration of the hornets front office and management they're they're no longer stuck with those options yeah let's finish some of that conversation coming up next on the locked on hornets podcast I'm going to talk a little more about new ownership, that angle going into Miles Bridges contract season. Once again, this prove it year, and then we can get to LaMelo Ball's extension in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by prize picks. It's a fantasy sports website or fantasy sports app where you can pick two to six players. And if they score more or less than their projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available and they offer projections on really any sport you watch just download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com sign up and play daily fantasy sports today first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 with promo code locked on if you deposit 100 they give you 100 if you deposit 50 they give you 50 you get the idea don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 dollars. more locked on hornets coming up next Doug, what's interesting about you wearing sunglasses inside is whatever take you deliver, it immediately it makes you look more like a douchebag. So you have to be really careful uh-huh. on everything you say because if if there is something that just so happens to be aggregated or criticized or is circulating on social media, you're going to look like that delivering whatever take. And it's going to be the total levitard bit where they're oh, dressed me. up. Sorry. That oh, was, uh, that was a little, I'm sorry. That was, uh, that was a little Honduras <laughs> versus Haiti. Woo! That was a little Honduras versus <laughs> oh, Haiti coming buddy. back. I'm sorry. I apologize. In advance. Oh, yeah. It's been a rough, 
I'm telling you, those the, the Hondurans, uh, they came in full force to Bank of America Stadium. Uh, we, mm-hmm. I stayed for the first half of that game. <laughs> I had to go. But it was, uh, it was incredible. Uh, those, uh, listen, no, no one celebrates like the Hondurans. I mean, when they scored mm-hmm. the goal in the first half, that place was electric. It's crazy. You sound like the play-by-play announcer for Coffee Town, except a little bit more douchier. That's what that's what you sound like. Well, so, listen, um, right. I'm a I'm a full-on <laughs> soccer fan now. I've I got this I uh, got this great scarf from uh, AO, the American Outlaws in Charlotte. It's a Horn, it says Hornets Nest of Rebellion, uh, which I just had gravitated towards immediately. Uh, yeah, so give me that that's pretty me that cool. scarf. So now wearing a scarf in 94 degree heat that was probably ill-advised. Um, now the back of my neck is not sunburnt, uh, but I did. Uh, probably suffer heat stroke at some point, uh, but I'm here now. It's so it was so hot yesterday. It was so very hot. I wanted to talk a little bit more about the new ownership angle here okay. because this does allow flexibility, not for Michael Jordan and Mitch Kupchak, maybe Mitch Kupchak, but we know for sure not Michael Jordan, who is going to go through this last offseason as lead governor, and then that exchanges hands to Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall to where Doug now they'll decide. What happens with Miles now? And maybe it'll be and, well, very... real quick. Maybe they already have. Let me just throw. Maybe let they me just throw have. this at you. Maybe they already have had some influence in yep. this decision. Yep, one hundred percent. So because we have talked about their opinions mattering, Mitch Kupchak has addressed how their opinions did matter, at least in the NBA draft. And then Bobby Mark said that free agency was going to be a lot harder because you're going to be doing the whole OPM thing to use the phrase that you're going with, except it's Michael using Gabe Plotkin's money, right? It's Michael using Rick Schnall's money in Mm -hmm. this case. And so now you're having to decide for them, but then their opinions are mattering. And so, yeah, that goes into Miles Bridges only agreeing to the qualifying offer and and partly because Miles didn't have a deal enough um, to his liking out there and restricted free agency. And so you just wonder how much that had influence over what Michael and Mitch decided to do with Miles and you know, uh, and vice versa with Grant and PJ Washington and other stuff that haven't even been decided yet. Grant Williams, that is. Yeah, and look for Miles. It's a big risk, uh, but I don't. You know, if because I think some people will critique Miles in this respect that that he's being him and his team are being delusional uh, because there there weren't those big offers coming down that that they were delusional to think that the Hornets would, you know, commit a ton of money long-term to Miles Bridges after everything that's happened. But I say, look, you know, if, if he wants to completely bet on himself in this scenario, then that then he has every right to do that. And and now he is on that sort of ultimate uh, prove-it deal. And, and if he comes in and he plays well and the Hornets have success and then he enters unrestricted free agency, you know, having, having watched how professional sports franchises, especially in the NBA – yeah, after after one serves their punishment, uh, however absurd that punishment is relative to the to the offense, uh, wh- whenever that happens and a player finds success, NBA franchises are more than willing to forget about it. You know, because I, I think a lot of people are going to look at this situation and go, yeah, man, a lot of teams didn't give him an offer because of all that off-the-court stuff. And I just think – I think it's the year off. I really do. I think it's the uncertainty of paying a player a right. lot of money and you don't know – they everyone knew what miles was before all this happened that's why he was about to get a hundred million dollars now now teams are less sure about what that player is and that's why they're not willing to commit long-term money 
Right. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll eventually see what happens after this season. We'll talk plenty more about miles. There's, there's more to get to there, but we need to address LaMelo ball. The Hornets, they got the deal done. LaMelo decided, you know what? I'm just going to sign this immediately. The free agent, uh, excuse me, the max extension, Charlotte Hornets, LaMelo all-star as agreed in principle on a five-year designated rookie max extension. That could be worth as much as $260 million. Um, $260 $260 million. That is what he could end up making if he makes an all NBA team. So if he makes that, then he could get the full amount of that extension, it being $260 million. Now it's more likely going to be like 207, 205. You see, anywhere from 203 to 207, whatever. It's going to be around that range of just above $200 million. Doug, first day that he's eligible to sign it, he does. And so despite all the outside noise that LaMelo could be the first rookie to turn down this type of money and go to a different team because he hates it in Charlotte so much that he's always wanted to go to a different franchise and he wants to go back home to L.A. Despite all, it doesn't matter about the money. The Hornets are a poverty franchise. It'll never agree to go back to Charlotte. (laughs) It's never happening, except it happened as soon as he possibly could put ink to paper. And now at least contractually, He is linked to Charlotte, and it's always been understood. If he wanted to leave the franchise, then this is the way you do it. You sign the extension, and then you demand a trade if it leads you to do so, if the situation around you leads you to do so. That's still in play. But everyone that decided, oh, dude, this is easy. LaMelo is going to leave this team. It was all outside noise. We've been saying it this entire time. It was never coming from inside the house. The call was never coming from LaMelo. It was always, always outside noise. And it was proven with him signing this deal. Absolutely. No surprise here. LaMelo signing the deal. I I assumed it was going to happen on day one, although I will admit I was a little scared because the Hornets haven't, you know, they they really haven't made a peep in free agency so far. Mm -hmm. And so even this deal, I was like, look, I'm not going to assume anything at this point. Uh, You know, not doing anything so far in free agency other than the qualifying offer for Miles Bridges, uh, that that's been difficult to hand. That's been difficult to take. But had they not been able to get a deal done pretty immediately for Lamelo Ball, w- would have been a nightmare. Would have signaled, I think, some really troubling things within the franchise as they look to transition to to new ownership. Um, it it would have been, I think, uh, pretty devastating for me if they couldn't get it done immediately because so much of the incentive for Lamelo Ball was to sign this contract, and he, you know, he has expressed. A, uh, a a desire uh, to to be in Charlotte and to win in Charlotte, and so uh, I think they they got the deal done. That's good. They didn't mess around. I, I haven't heard anything about you know any stipulations. You know, you and I had speculated. You know, do right. they put in some injured game stuff? You know, like they did for Zion Williamson. I think if if the franchise was smart, they probably didn't do that. You know, you just don't mess around at this point. Um, the the injury issues are there but they're not so severe. And, and it doesn't come along with, I think, some of the same questions that Zion Williamson had in terms of, like, fitness. You know, you're a little worried about, like, okay, are the injuries connected to, you know, his commitment, right? That's not LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball is totally mm-hmm. committed. You know, he's had some freak injuries, and, and they, uh, they are obviously confident that he's 100% healthy or, or working towards that and, and will be in the future. And so, yeah, so I think you, as a Hornets fan, you should be super excited. You have a talent here in LaMelo Ball um, that does have every uh, uh, piece in place to become an all-NBA player in this league. And now he has the biggest contract on the team, 
And you should see this franchise finally pivot towards making LaMelo Ball the number one focus of this team, the number one selling point. And, you know, now it's on LaMelo Ball too, whether it's this year or next year, to now, okay, the keys have been given to you because that's that's what this contract signals. You're the highest paid player on the team. And and now you, I think you have to take that leadership mantle now and run with it and say, all right, this is my team. I'm going to speak for this team. I'm going to be the voice of this team on and off the court. And, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it, it'll be very interesting to see how soon that happens as well because now there's some kind of underlying instance of being the big dog where LaMelo has always been the best player. Right. And especially since he had this all-star uh, nod, but also now that you are the highest paid player, it's no longer going to be Gordon Hayward. And once that takes a effect, yes, you can get some helpful leading type free agents. I know Mitch Kupchak has talked about still wanting to address that. You still have to bring back PJ Grant Williams. Um, you know, so what, what Grant Williams could be coming back to the Hornets. I know that's uh, one of the hot rumors out there right now revolving this organization, but we'll see. You, you know, you have a uh, LaMelo ball locked up at least for the time being, and uh, he could really take on that leadership role. Last well, time and he, but it's not a given. He doesn't have, yeah. as we've seen with Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward was the highest paid uh, player on this team and felt no obligation to come into this locker <laughs> room and be a leader. He's a, you know, he's a lunch pail guy. I'm going to come in and do my work and then leave. And this, that's not what the Hornets need. They don't need a, another lunch pail guy. They, they do need a player that can come in and command a locker room. And, may, and may, again, maybe that doesn't happen immediately. You know, maybe, maybe he does need uh, some, some more accolades to back up the money. You know, I, and I, I don't think it would be fair to, like, immediately expect that from him game one of the regular season or whatever. But I think we're building towards that is, is what I'm saying. And this was an important part of that. Um, now he now he has some of the the, the cash, the cachet and the cash uh, to be the leader in the locker room. And, and you know, we'll we'll see if he we'll see if he can fit that because some guys don't fit the suit. You know, we'll see if he fits the suit. Football coaches all across America are throwing up at the fact that you said we don't need another lunch pail guy. No, <laughs> nobody agrees with that. No football coach agrees with that statement. All right. We have one more segment to go coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. I look like a football coach right now. <laughs> Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. After dissecting the Miles decision, celebrating LaMelo's rookie max extension, we move on to lamenting one decision made by the Hornets, not bringing back Dennis Smith Jr. We'll get to that next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. How are you doing, Doug? You Okay. <sighs> I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the hangover or I don't know if it's you mentioning that the Hornets decided decided I want to make sure we get that word out there they decided not to bring back Dennis Smith Jr. because it goes to Brooklyn on this 2.5 million dot one year deal a deal that mm -hmm. the Hornets could have easily made they decided that after everything that DSJ gave them uh, you know they found this guy on the, on the rubble heap. I mean, he was almost out of the league, and the Hornets give him a chance. And what does he do? He takes that chance, and he becomes the defensive heart and soul of this basketball team in a year where they needed plenty of heart and soul to survive it. And Brooklyn comes along, and they're going to be the beneficiaries of all of that because they made Dennis Smith Jr. a priority, and the Hornets didn't. So now I have a massive headache, and I can't tell if it's the Miller Light or DSJ. Yeah, Probably this the Miller one stings. Light. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, probably the Miller Lite. Yeah, drink some coffee, buddy. Yeah, make sure uh, make sure that wakes you up. 
Yeah, 2.5 million, that low of a number is what particularly stings. Because if you look at what the fans were projecting he would make or what that pundits maybe were projecting he'd make, it was more than two and a half. I mean, it was anywhere from, I mean, I saw some people expect him to make a damn full mid-level exception. Well, now, I never crazy. thought it was going to be. Those people, I, never thought, I never thought it was going to be that, ever. I did think it was going to be half of it. I thought it'd be six. I, I thought it would get up there. And if it was going to be that, then I thought that might be a tiny bit dicey for the Hornets, but you still bring them back. I thought they would. Two and a half million. It's a really short deal. And you also have flexibility, even if you did want to go through another prove it deal with DSJ. All right, you did it once. Now let's see if you can improve your offense and do it again. Because Doug, it's such a low figure. I know you're trying to I know you're trying to keep as much flexibility this season as possible, especially if you want to go after Miles, PJ, and Grant Williams. And with Miles agreeing to this qualifying offer, that's what makes it possible with all of the Grant conversation out there. So if that's the case, maybe you feel like you need to save every single penny. But Dennis Smith Jr. helped at least give you enough paint touches. He was a good facilitator. No, he could not shoot. And offensively, there were some real struggles. But the fact that he was so good at the point of, uh, of attack defensively last year, he was amazing at it. To let him walk for two and a half million for some backcourt depth, especially for a guy like Lamelo who has been injured now this last season. He got injured a few separate times. Yeah, that one that one hurts. And he was such a great guy to have around the locker room anyway. I, I don't want to undervalue that. Like being at the Spectrum Center, this dude would come in from practice and say what's up to everybody, made sure everyone was accounted for, dap you up, talk to you, good morning. I just feel like those guys are pretty valuable, especially at two and a half million. Yeah, we're still waiting for the Hornets to go out and find veteran leadership. And they had some. They still needed more, but they had some in Dennis Smith Jr. who who did have a, an aggressiveness, a, a mentality when he said he put, you know, Dallas's bleep in the dirt after beating Dallas and knocking them out of the playoffs at the end of the season. Like that's that's the kind of mentality that this Hornets team can, can should need, should want, should desire and shouldn't overpay for necessarily, and they wouldn't have had to with Dennis Smith Jr., who I think is somebody that has seen the the end of his career, was probably willing to take the mm-hmm. you know the one year smaller money deal for a, for a franchise that came in and sold him on a roll and made him a priority. I mean that, that's the thing that I take from the Shams tweet the most is like. Brooklyn came in immediately and said, hey, we want you as part of our plan. And Brooklyn is a playoff team. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're going to make a run at this thing. So there's some desire there, too, to play on a winner. And, you know, the Hornets could have yeah. could have done that. They could have sold him immediately, worked on that deal as soon as possible. And, and I think this signals, Walker, that for a second offseason in a row, Miles Bridges has frozen this team in free agency. It has prevented them – from making some moves around the margins or major moves or whatever, you know, having to work this deal out with Miles um, has has prevented them from making other moves. As other teams, you know, stock up and get ready to make a run to the play-in or playoffs, the Hornets are, you know, still working on a PJ deal, possibly a Grant deal. Uh, but all of this is, I think, pretty disheartening uh, that, that they couldn't see the value that Dennis Smith Jr. brings. And, and also what's disheartening, Walker – is that it seems like the Hornets are prioritizing bringing back free agents that really nobody else wants. Or, or if they do want them, 
they're on you know pretty low market value that's that's kind of disheartening it, you know it's it's kind of nice to go out there and compete with other teams that want your assets nobody wants them like i haven't heard any big deals for pj washington either no i ha- well and restricted free agent i'm not sure exactly how that's going to unfold but it might even be and i've seen that the hornets are negotiating right now with pj and grant i wonder if those players have actually you know just are are just focused on working a contract out with Charlotte. But yeah, you would think that other teams might want PJ Washington right now. You would think that other teams might be going after Grant Williams. And I'm sure they are. We just know, okay, it seems like the Hornets are that team that have been first and foremost going to get them. So we'll see what kind of money each of those guys make. And Grant Williams, with that being the only outside guy that they'd bring in, you would expect Kelly Oubre to not come back. I don't think nothing changes for Kelly Oubre, right? We haven't heard anything about that. I know Rod Boone expected that Kelly would leave in free agency. So we'll see how it all unfolds. But you're right, Dennis Smith Jr. gone. Miles is back. We know that now. And we still have to wait on P.J. Washington and some other outside free agency uh, uh, free agents at this point. And as much as I love the qualifying offer for Teo Maladon, that may have meant that DSJ was Maladon. Once he saw Maladon get the qualifying offer, he's like, all right, well, I'm not going to compete with this guy. Or no desire, because I think he would have. I think he would have easily gotten over Maladon for the backup point guard spot. But I think he was like, "All right, this franchise. I'm not. I don't want to compete with that guy. This franchise obviously <laughs> has has other things in mind for the backup point guard position. But I still have questions um, because I, I don't think defensively yeah. uh, Maladon is an answer. Like I, I mean, I, you know, I think that they've s- still got some issues in this backcourt in terms of defense. That there is a guy. Uh, that I don't think Chicago is going to bring back Ayo Desunmu, who I think would be a good fit here. Uh, but I, but I think the Hornets are preoccupied right now with with looking at where they're going to land with PJ Washington, and then giving Grant Williams the full MLE. I just don't know how realistic it is for them to bring in uh, Desunmu or or anyone else. Uh, but you know, it's we're going to see. But I think I think we are we're on the verge of a second straight off season where uh, this, this Hornets team is not necessarily interested in, in making many waves, and it hasn't worked out for them uh, really in the past, and, but we'll have to see how it works out this season. <laughs> All right, that is a Doug Branson that needs a nap before he hits the road. Follow him on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H. I'm Walker Mail. You can listen to me on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. Again, that includes YouTube. Make your second listen game to game NBA every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the league with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow them anywhere you get your podcast. All right, Doug. Appreciate it. Appreciate everybody for making us your first listen. We'll be back with you tomorrow. I'm going to Midnight Diner. Get some Ash Browns. <laughs>